Well, hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of In Regard to the Gospel. My name is Joshi Eshudasen, um, and uh, we're really glad that you chose to listen to this episode today. Uh, as always, I'm joined by... Carmelo G, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. And uh, hey, the, the goal of our podcast is to explore life and culture in regard to the gospel. And uh, we've been um, in a series and to start season two of exploring what it means, um, what culture means in regards to the gospel. So we've kind of taken like a three week approach to this. And uh, we're uh, so grateful that you're listening along. Um, but hey, Carmelo. Yes, sir. How's it going, man? I'm pretty good. Life's life, good. Life is good. Life is good, man. Family's good. Family's good. Let's go. Baby's getting bigger. Got oh, two wow. teeth now, so he's biting everything. <laughs> Teething, man. That's a whole world. That's yeah. a whole thing. Um, hey, what kind of, uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, but what's kind of been um, something that's really uh, helped you to kind of uh, approach this idea of culture? Like what has kind of led you to think about this more? What are some things that you've seen or heard or um, that, that have kind of led you down this path of exploring culture in regard to the gospel? Well, you first start biblically with the whole thing. Um, I look at how Paul would do things in culture, but then I look at our culture as a whole and how we as a church um, have, you know, as of lately, we've been adopting things that are part of the culture into the church. And if we're supposed to be ambassadors of the kingdom, then um, there are certain things that I feel from what I've seen that we have done that actually uh, don't help much Mm. in our, you know, um, mandate to go and make disciples and to be ambassadors. I think we have a tendency as of lately um, to just adopt things and adopt viewpoints. Um, and again, they're not very helpful to us making disciples. Mm. They kind of turn off because you have, you know, groups I've seen people that are leaving churches because, okay, they're talking about this particular subject too much. Or some people are leaving church because they're not talking about a particular subject enough. And that makes no sense to me, you know, as a younger guy seeing these things, then why are those things that important that a person would be willing to break fellowship versus the main thing, which is for us to be glorifying and lifting up the name of Christ for the nuances of a culture Mm. that we should be bringing and reconciling to Christ. Yeah, that's right. So that's, that's kind of been that thing that's been pushing me more towards looking at it more and getting a biblical view of it. Yeah. So you're saying that there's some cultural things that are impeding the way that people um, look at and understand and view the purpose of local churches. Yes. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. That's yeah. good, ma'am. Um, so what, what, uh, what are some things that um, for the listener that, that you would kind of say like, here, here's a great place to start. Here's a great place that we, we need to like talk about this particular thing. Can you reframe that question again? <laughs> Reframe it. Yeah. Um, so like, what are some things as for the listener that, that, um, would help this is a, that this would be a great place for them to start for them to understand why and how this matters to, to us in 2022. Um, I don't want to say because of what's going on outside. That's not the case. Again, everything should start with the biblical worldview. Um, why should we approach these things? Because if you don't approach them properly or if you don't address them properly, um, 
you have a tendency to just go off the rails um, and you'll get off the path of doing what we're called to do. Um, and perfect examples of I've heard people say things like because of this particular injustice, this thing should happen to this other individual instead of seeing it. Well, it was two people made in the image and likeness of God. Sin is at the forefront. Both need a savior. But what we have a tendency to do, but because of the event that took place, well, that person should be condemned to hell and the other person by which the wrong was done to. Well, that person is a saint mm. and that's not necessarily the case. You know, usually in situations where you have two people, even if one does something to another person, and, and again, it depends on the situation. Um, you have to take a step back and look at it. Why would that individual do such a thing? And why was that individual in that position to begin with? Yeah. You know, but if you don't look at it that way, again, you're only seeing one side of it. So again, um, if again, if you don't have the proper view, it's like, well, do we reach out to the person that, you know, calls the offense and say, hey, he needs to come to saving faith in Christ. And what happens is if we don't view it that way, it's like, OK, well, I'm not going to preach the gospel to that guy because he was a dirtbag. Yeah. Last week we <laughs> um, talked a little bit about what uh, is some of the good uh, parts of our culture. Carmelo, you kind of got into a little bit of just some of your upbringing. What were the yeah. things that you enjoy that were so helpful that, um, hey, we could we could look at that. We could celebrate that. We could embrace that. Um, that anybody from anybody, any culture should uh, take those things to heart and be like, man, this is a good thing. And, uh, you know, I did the same just growing up Indian, like yeah. what, what, uh, as an Indian in America, what, what were some things that we really valued and celebrated? And I think both of us said, oh man, there was this immense sense of family, of community, right? Like we hung out, we probably hung out too much and, <laughs> and uh, that's, that's not commonplace in America. It's not commonplace right. in um, the local culture that we're in right now in DeKalb, Illinois. <laughs> and uh, we were, we were trying to say like, Hey, how do we challenge that? How do we use some of those good things? And um, how do we uh, kind of address what we feel like is something really valuable from our cultures that we could bring into the context that we're in right now, which is not um, where, how we grew up. It is not how, I mean, you grew up in Chicago, downtown yeah. Chicago. And, uh, you know, I grew up in the suburbs of Mount Prospect and now we're both in this rural context in DeKalb, Illinois. Yeah. And we were saying like, well, well, we get, we have the opportunity to challenge some cultural norms in this area, mm -hmm. um, by the people that we know and the interactions that we have and the friends that we've had and the people that we've yeah. come to know more, um, to, to kind of bring them into that. Some of the things that we enjoyed about growing up in, in our culture that yeah. there isn't, it's not, you know, we, as people, our tendency is to say, um, all bad or all good. Right. And what we're trying to do in this conversation is to say, yes, there are some good things that need to be celebrated, need to be guarded and protected. Yeah. Um, um, of course. And, um, and, but there are also some things that we need to address as, uh, Hey, roadblock, roadblock to the gospel, yeah. roadblock to God being the central thing. Um, so Mel, tell us a little bit about like for you growing up and just from your cultural background, what are some things, some hindrances, some uh, barriers to the gospel um, as a result of uh, your cultural upbringing? Again, for those who don't know the cultural upbringing, I'm a mixed kid. Yeah. All right. Grew up, my, my dad's Puerto Rican, was Puerto Rican, and my, my mother is an African-American woman. Um, again, growing up 
in Chicago, specifically the west side of Chicago, moving to the north side of Chicago, two totally different contexts, even in the same city. Yeah. Um, but there are things that within our culture, you know, and I would say I've grown up more because I didn't know my dad. So the Puerto Rican culture isn't as familiar to me as mm -hmm. the um, African-American culture. So that's I great. was born and raised in that. So that's why that's how I've grown into the world. Um, there are some things that do that are hindrances even within those cultures. So I'll speak from what I've grown up and seen. And again, one of the things that are hindrances is that uh, growing up again, um, being, you have to be, you know, it's this idea of flashiness, you know, mm. that, oh man, I gotta have the top clothes. And yeah. if you don't, I mean, that's, again, that's that, oh, well, we're ragging on your clothes and stuff. Well, you, your Adidas have four stripes. You know, <laughs> not that okay. I have a pair of shoes, but man, dude, you're not even rocking the right yeah. shoes, man. Or you don't have the latest J's. It's a it's Adidas, but instead of an A, it's like the letter Q. <laughs> right, <kinda>. Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's those things, or even um, one of the things that I've seen um, is again there is a, a a criticalness, you know, and there's a harshness in some areas. Not all the time, you know. Um, and African-American joke, big jokesters, everybody's cracking jokes. Um, but sometimes it can go too far. And I've learned yeah. that, you know, when you get around the cultures and stuff, you're like, oh man, you know, you're saying stuff and you're like, it's funny to you, yeah, you know, yeah. but to them, you're like, why would you say such a thing like that That's to right. me? So yeah, we would often say, and this is definitely not right, but like sarcasm is a love language, yeah. uh, right? <laughs> so that's a big part of Indian culture too. We just kind of pick on each other, rag on each other, probably too far yeah <laughs> and um you know that's a that's a good point like we can uh that's like something that's common for us too is just like uh that's how we show hey we're we're brothers yeah. you know like we we rag on each other we just go after like you know i've said before like um for my brothers and i like even if i pick up a pen and they're like right. why, why'd you pick up the pen that way you know like we have these little things that like um hey the the, the reason we do it is probably good but we probably take it too far. Yeah. What are, what are some other things for you that like, or that kind of go down that line? Like, Hey, this might be a good thing in principle, but the outworkings of it are not good. Yeah. Um, there is this like family. I mean, there's big on family, but there's this one part again of a subculture within the black community. That's another thing to point out when you talk about groups, um, it's not all a monolith. So when you say Hispanic culture, well, what does that mm. mean? Because just because people speak the same language doesn't necessarily mean the culture that they have, they all share. So I can promise you this, that people in Mexico have a totally different culture than people in Guatemala. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or but they're both considered Hispanic, Hispanic culture. Yeah. Or Latinos. So, but there's a difference. It's the same thing with uh, black culture, even though those get lumped into the same categories just because of skin color, mm. doesn't necessarily mean because they have the same skin color that they have the same um, culture or even right. you know the same upbringing as a whole because you know there are Belizean people who are dark skinned, there are Cubans who are dark skinned and those mm. they speak totally different languages. Um, but just don't base it just on color. If you do that, you're gonna have a problem because that would be ins insulting to one other culture to just assume because they share the same skin color that they have the same, you know, issues and problems in the same culture. Right. You know, growing up. So right. I've seen that happen too. 
where people were like, oh, these guys, yeah, yeah, we share the same thing. Yeah, because we're the same color. But it's like, hey, dude, I'm from Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. You know, and where yeah. I grew up in Jamaica is not the same as growing up in, you know, West Humble Park. Mm. <laughs> two totally different contexts, um, two totally different cultures. There may be some similarities in some areas, but just like you pointed out with uh, uh, Indian culture, you know, yeah, you may share some similarities. You joke, we joke. But just because you share those similarities don't mean everything else is the same. So, and I think we need to always take a step back and address, you know, people as people, not just as groups and just start giving these, you know, blanket solutions to issues that go on in these communities or within cultures. Um, again, one of the things that's big in black culture is music. Um, and we had talked about it earlier. Um, when you have subcultures within these overarching, you know, cultures, um, today there's this push for the subculture to become popularized and going into the mainstream cultures and bleeding out into other cultures. Um, music is big in black culture, all different kinds of music, different genres. You got jazz, you got rap, but then you have a subculture in there, um, one known as hip hop, and that's not to just beat it down, but look at what's celebrated within that culture mm. or that subculture. There's a certain push for, you know, treating women a certain way, presenting my body a certain way, you know, having all the, you know, and again, it's kind of hard to even talk about without having to like, you know, rag on certain things. So like, you know, these guys are all tatted up even to the point where they're getting the tattoos on their faces. Yeah. And, and, and you're not saying tattoos are wrong. You're not saying any of that, like intrinsically, are you, or are you, that would be a different topic for yeah. a different day, but yeah. it's like, that's not what I'm trying to point sure. out in this moment. So it's not that, okay, but having to understand you do live in a bigger context. You do live in a bigger culture. So if I'm going to go and then say, hey, man, I can't get a job, but I'm pushing this subculture that's presenting me in a way that's going to be like, if somebody looks at me, they're going to be like, hey, um. I don't know if I'm going to hire you, even though they won't say it, but that may be one of the things that that gets pointed out. So you're going to get a big giant tattoo on the side of your face and then go to a job interview and say, hey, hire me. And the boss is like, I'm not doing that. Mm. Look at what you're doing. And is that necessarily right? Or is it necessarily wrong? But you can't expect that another culture or another group is just supposed to accept the thing that's accepted by yours. And especially if you're talking in a subculture, I don't have to like your music. I can celebrate it. I don't have to like it. But you can't get upset with me for not doing so. And you can't expect that and then push for that. And then how does that affect the gospel? Oh, you got people that got certain things going on um, within their culture. Like I've heard people say this, they'll go to a certain church and because they don't worship a certain way, they're immediately turned off. Well, you can't expect that that going in with that expectation could present a barrier. Yeah. And that's part of what we're seeing today, that people have an expectation based on their cultural context, and then they project that onto another one. And if what I've grown to know and love is not there, then no. Just yeah. throw the whole thing out. That's right. That's the problem, right? You take certain cultural markers that are, are probably good, Yeah, that are probably okay, um, uh, let's just give it the benefit of the doubt. And then you view that as ultimately right and right. ultimately good. And, um, uh, now 
I think taking, again, like you said, we always have to take a step back and say, um, look, there are things to be celebrated within cultures. There are things to be appreciated within cultures. But we don't take something from this culture and try to apply it onto this culture. Right. The gospel brings people together. Right. Right. That means cultural things and all. Meaning we don't put people down because of their culture. Right. And we don't look down on other people for a lack of their culture or right. from our point of view. Right. And um, that's a good, that's a good point, man. Like, so you, you're saying you're seeing that, like you're seeing that from your context. Like, oh, so yeah. give us some examples of like what, of, of what that looks like. Of people projecting under, yeah. again, like um, we see it, we see it in an American context. It's this whole, even um, certain family structures. Um, uh, one big one that I've seen is child rearing. Yeah. Okay. Um, that looks totally different in different cultures. You know, we can joke about it. Hey, in our culture, you do something, you might get hit with a shoe or a broom or something <laughs> sure, like that. Yeah. Is that, I mean, that's just how it's done. Yeah. And some other culture may look at it, well, that's child abuse. Mm-hmm. Why would you do such a thing? But it's like, no, that's just how that's done. That's accepted amongst the culture. Now, there are points of going to uh, an extreme, but those get called out even within those culture. You know, a belt isn't necessarily looked down upon across the board, but then when you're talking fist and you're talking about belt buckles and you're using the wrong end, then, you know, those things get called out. Yeah. So, again, even um, in the church context of, you know, how worship is done or how services are conducted, a lot of times the culture shows up in the church that you're in. It's, it's dependent on the area. So, again, like I said, I got saved at a Jamaican church. You know, the service was a little bit different than what we have here at Bethany Road Bible Church. That's not bad, though. Our Their worship was more vibrant. Not to say ours isn't, but, you know, yeah. it was a part of their culture. Visually more vibrant. vibrant. Visually yeah. vibrant. For you sure. know, uh, it was more colorful. It was louder. It was more, you know, celebratory. But that's that's what they do. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. But then some people will look at that. Well, why are they doing so much? You know, I've heard people say that, like, that's being excessive. Well, no, that's not being excessive. If that's within their culture and that's what they use and that's how they glorify God, I can't look at it on the outside and say, hey, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. No, but maybe I should, hey, man, let me, um, let me see why. Let me ask, why do we do it that way? And then you may get an explanation with this is how we believe, this is how we worship our God. This is how we we believe in giving it our all. And some people may do that in a different capacity. If they're giving their all through worship and, you know, the use of a muscle, how different is that than from another culture that say, yeah, we may not, you know, visually do things a certain way, but, you know, intellectually we do things a certain way. We're going to give our all maybe in books. Mel, you've mentioned this before, like um, even in coming to church here at, uh, at our church, which is a predominantly white church in DeKalb, Illinois, super rural, uh, very blue collar um, context that we're in. And again, I'm painting with a broad brush to yeah. just kind of <laughs> illustrate the point. But um, you had mentioned there were some things that prevented you at first from even considering being a part of the fellowship here among us. What were, what were some of the things that you had to work through, mm-hmm. um, not just ignore, but had to work through 
uh, before you and Leah, the kids, started coming to church here? Yeah, I think one of the big ones was, uh, why do I feel the way I feel? Mm. You know, why is this such a hindrance for me? Why would I look at this and say, ah, I can't be a part of this fellowship? Yeah, what, what were some of those hindrances? Well, one of them, when I looked at the staff, you yeah. know, I'm like, hey, well, it's, it is, it's predominantly white. So yeah. mind you, I'm coming from an area that's multicultured mm-hmm. or, you know, you got millions of people living there. So you're used to seeing, you know, a multiplicity of people or different groups all together. Yeah. So, but there was some preaching that I heard that actually convicted me on that. You know, there are certain areas that if, you know, certain places where you're in a certain area, well, you have to consider what's dominant in that area. So you can't look at it and just be like, because of this, then I won't go. So it's like, okay, if I can realize, hey, I'm in DeKalb, I'm 60 miles west of Chicago. It's a predominantly white town. What do I expect to see on Sunday as far as the audience goes? Yeah. And yeah, as far as the members go. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, And does that really matter? And if it does matter, why does it matter? Why does it matter to me so much? Why would that be a hindrance? So what I've looked, I'll say, okay, if I can get past or not even get past, if I say, okay, that's not such a big deal. That's what, that's where we are. What's their relationship like with Christ? What's the structure of the church? What do they teach? What do they believe? You know, how are they glorifying God? How are they going about doing the work of the ministry? How are they, you know, conducting themselves in a, in a Christ-like manner? And if those things line up, then, yeah, why can't I fellowship with them? Yeah. If they're believers and I'm a believer and this is my local assembly, why can't I fellowship with them? If the one thing that's going to prevent me from fellowshipping with them has to do with how they look, then I need to check myself. Hmm. Because when we get to heaven, what are you going to see when you get there? Is it just going to be one, one group? No. We learned that in scripture. That's not the case. Right. You're going to see representatives from every nation, tribe, language. That's good. So for me to look at it that way, then, yeah, I need to repent of that. Mm. Because that's not the right way to look at it. Yeah. So it does come with the understanding. And at the same time, there's a humility to it. And it doesn't mean you ignore, um, doesn't mean you ignore your cultural upbringing. Oh, no. How do those two things go hand in hand for you? The cultural upbringing? Your cultural upbringing, your cultural background, Mm -hmm. and uh, attending a church that doesn't necessarily... um, look like what you knew and mm-hmm. uh, how you grew up. So how, how do you reconcile those things? Maybe even speak into some of the like challenges that you faced uh, being in a diff- completely different context than what you were, uh, I guess, traditionally comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, what I've learned is like, what can I glean from here and go back? Let's say, let's go back to my culture when I go around them and share with them. You know, so one thing I've learned... Um, when you grow up, you know, in African-American culture, you know, the way music is, the way the songs are, they're more expressive. It's louder. It's more vibrant. But I've learned that the songs that are, and it's not to, you know, speak against the songs that I grew up with, but there's a lot of repetition. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with repetition, depending on the repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, however, 
what I've learned here, there's a more um, emphasis on the subject matter of the song. Specifically, mm. is this glorifying Christ? And that's not to say that, you know, the way I grew up didn't do that. It's just different. I noticed the lyrics in the songs are different. A lot of these songs I'm learning, I'm hearing for the yeah. first time in my life. <laughs> so when I hear them, I'm like, wow, that song really does, the way it talks about Jesus is amazing. So even it's though it's like, uh, you know, it may not be as loud or as bumping, because, you know, if, when you hear me in my music, it's bumping pretty loud. <laughs> but even though it's not doing that, wow, that song is amazing. You know, the people that I'm around are pretty amazing in the way that they worship. And as I'm learning, hey, like, again, it, it comes down, how can I glean from this? You know, you, you, you're becoming like this bridge between two cultures. Yeah. So music is probably something that's like probably for a lot of people um, stepping into a different like context oh, yeah. um, that that can be a challenge. I mean, you, you can go from church to church and even that's yeah. that's, a, that's a challenge, right? Music matters. I'm yeah. not ignoring that. I think um, scripture of course, yeah. uh, <laughs> full of songs from Genesis to Revelation. You have the song of Moses in Exodus. You have mm -hmm. the song of the redeemed, redeemed. people of God in uh, Revelation. Yeah. Um, so music matters. So you know, to to your point, like that's a that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, there are no sanctified song, fully sanctified songs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, and that we oh, sing. Man. it's <laughs> not scripture. We don't venerate song. We don't, you know, we don't, uh, no, you're right. we don't have, um, the level of authority that we give to scripture. We don't give to songs. Right. And so there's a, a lot of room, a lot of room, um, for, uh, you know, creative expression and those things, as yeah. long as they don't contradict what scripture says, says yeah. um, you know, to, to your point. And, uh, so that, that, that could be a barrier. Um, music itself could be a barrier. What were some other things for you? And then I'll, I'll maybe share a little bit about for me coming into this context. Um, one of the things that was a barrier, and this was uh, in some churches that I've seen, depending on the culture, um, the embrace is going to vary how you're embraced and mm -hmm. how you're brought in. Like um, coming to Bethany Road, I mean, it's very loving environment it really is everybody's genuine you know you're going to get greeted at the door you're going to get greeted before you go into the sanctuary and then you're going to get greeted after the church you know yeah, so yeah. there's a there's a big emphasis on it but that's that's what it is yeah um there are some places where you're not going to get that that's not necessarily a bad thing and it's like why and but i've seen how that can negatively impact a person's uh, walk or even in their curiosity because I have seen times where a person walked into a church and nobody said a word to that person. And that person never came back. Hmm. So there are certain things and that may have to do with some cultural context where, you know, if we don't, um, if we don't see you as, you know, one of us, it's like, okay, you know, uh, <laughs> if, if you're not seen, you're just not even heard. And so, and that shouldn't be the case. I think those are parts of culture that should be called out. Like, Hey man, don't you you shouldn't do that you know you got this new person coming in they have questions you're there you're the ambassador of christ to them you're the person that should be reaching out to them and then if you don't do that i mean that's a barrier like i said people walk in they don't get something they walking right out the door yeah so yeah. and that should never be yeah our church growing up if you were new and uh they would make you stand up and like, you know, they was yeah. one of those, you know, like that give, you an too, yeah. <laughs> give an announcement to the church. That's the other side of it. You know, I think for me, it was just, um, 
it's, it's a little bit different for me. I think I grew up in a, you know, uh, predominantly white, uh, suburb, uh, suburb of Chicago. Um, and so there was a sense of which I had become assimilated to, um, that, the, yeah. the, the surrounding yeah. culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew, you know, me and my, uh, one of my friends, Alan, we were like, like one or two Indian kids in like the whole yeah. school, especially in our class. And so, um, you know, we, uh, um, so I, I guess I was more like familiar with the way things worked. Um, I attended some, uh, uh, churches at, near where I grew up. Um, like I said, I grew up in a Indian church. Uh, but then, you know, as I got into high school, later in high school, I visited other churches. So I was, I was more familiar with, um, what Bethany Road would offer at the time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it wasn't as much of an adjustment, um, in that, in the, kind of, um, points that you brought up, it was more of an adjustment for me to say, Hey, what are some things of what I grew up with that I could bring into, um, this current context, not in like a a pushy way, not in like, um, Hey, you're doing it wrong kind of way. (laughs) Um, things that I celebrated, um, that that was for me some of the things that uh, that I had to like wrestle through and work through, like mm-hmm. um, bringing into um, into our into this church. You know, and like we talked about last week, like dude, it was super helpful. Like we had some guys that I went to college with. We were all Indian. We all came to this church. You know, <laughs> and it was like like who photoshopped those guys in here? You know, but like, uh, but it was <laughs> but it was so helpful because yeah. uh, praise God. Um, we are at a church that doesn't, uh, try to, um, just do things the way that the surrounding culture does them. We felt genuinely loved, cared for and welcomed. Uh, that doesn't mean that there weren't times of, uh, ignorance, that there wasn't times of (laughs) like, of, um, and, and, and Hey, because we knew that we were loved and we knew that we were accepted, we were able to lovingly. Uh, yeah. gently and say, Hey, that might not be helpful. And here's why, yeah. uh, without it being like they hate Indian people. <laughs> and I don't think that they do. And I mean, some of, you know, some people might disagree with me. That might not be everyone's experience. Listen, I totally right. get that. Um, but, uh, but I want to just lovingly, uh, encouragement. The encouragement is culture, some good things. God has, um, like we talked about last week, act 17, God has put us in the places and the times that he's put us yeah. for one reason. What is it? To know no. God. Yep. And um, so, yes, we love culture. We're not saying ignore your culture. Look at your culture. Celebrate the good. Um, identify what potentially is wrong. Right. And, um, hey, when you have opportunity to do so, encourage people with the good things about your culture. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have this uh, tendency to just say, uh, um, just ignore, just ignore, just push that aside. Don't worry about that. You know, the main thing is the gospel. And I, yes and amen. The main thing is the gospel, of course. But there are cultural things that are addressed because of the gospel. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that we need to also talk about. Yeah. And so I was able to, because of uh, the environment that we're in, and I'm not suggesting, I'm not saying just because you're in a 
in a context that you're you're the only um, Indian person, you know, and like, I'm going to call everything out. That's, that's not what I'm suggesting at all. But when you have opportunity to do so, to be like, sit down at a table from a brother and be like, hey, when you said this, this is how I felt. This is why I felt that way. Um, could this be uh, something that we need to talk about and look at scripture further? Um, yeah. And uh, problem, though, in Indian <laughs> culture, it is not commonplace to do that. Really? It is not commonplace to say, yeah. hey, what you did really wounded me. Uh, our culture, and again, painting with broad brush um, for the sake of time and explanation, um, uh, if somebody wrongs, just don't bring that up. Yeah. You know, something. if somebody does something wrong, oh, don't talk about it. If you do something wrong, you better hide it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of fear of uh, what other people will think, you mm -hmm. know. Again, to paint with a broad brush, honor, shame, kind of culture, kind yeah. of upbringing. Um, so th that in and of itself was a challenge for me. Like, I'm not a big confrontation guy, and I think a lot of that has to do with how I was raised. A lot of that has to do with the, the culture that I was <laughs> uh, surrounded by. And uh, so that was a challenge. That was a thing that I had to take to the Lord and say, God, help me. Because uh, this is something that needs to be addressed. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll get specific. Like there were people that um, some of the Indian friends that I grew up with that like, you know, when when we'd be in a different context than we were used to and uh, they would call people by the wrong name. Right. So like uh, it would be like if, uh, you know, if it was me and my brothers, them calling my brothers Joshi, mm -hmm. which, uh, hey, uh, they didn't intend to be. um they didn't intend to offend us. Right. But it offended us. Right. And uh, those were times that I had to be like, uh, can't do that. Can't do you that. know? Right. You know? And, uh, and so that's like a specific example. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Uh, and, and why am I calling all this out? I'm calling all this out because I think there's a better way forward. Yeah. I think there's a better way to uh, deal with some of the things. And, uh, for me, the hard thing about being Indian was just our ability to hide. And uh, listen, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I have fully recovered. Um, <laughs> but I'm a, a lifelong people-pleasing Indian man. And um, and those are some things that I had to work to through mm -hmm. coming here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you can, you know, you can leave peaceably and just say, hey, maybe that's not the right context for me. And that's... That's, you know, but I would encourage you to go to scripture. What do the scriptures say? And um, then work from there rather than what makes you the most comfortable. Because there are some things in the gospel, because of, because of the gospel, because I love my brothers and sisters that I worship with on Sundays, mm -hmm. I am willing uh, to perhaps say, hey, uh, not good. Right. <laughs> Can't do that. And right. here's why, biblically, not because here's why culturally. There's a cultural side of this too, that this is this what we're talking about here is being addressed. Yeah. And um uh I think that, you know, like and, and I'm so I'm not suggesting we do it that way, but I am suggesting that we look at the scriptures and uh yeah. and share and encourage yeah. more accurately with our with people that don't look like us. Yeah. And you don't have to feel, you know, bad about it. I mean, look at that. Paul does it. Paul was 
look at the letters. Yeah. Take a step back and read the letters. You know, each title of every letter is to a specific church in a specific town that has a specific culture to it. Mm -hmm. And he addresses them accordingly. There are things he does um, admonish about them culturally, and there are things he condemns about them culturally. That's good. Um, and that's how we should approach it. So, yeah, you celebrate the good, you call out the bad, and, you know, to bring all together under the banner of Christ. So, and I, I think that's that's the way we should approach it. I've, mm. I've seen that's how I, I've, I've tried to go about doing it. I've seen that's how you try to go about doing it. Like I said, and if Joshi keeps hanging out with me, I mean, he's not going to have to worry about the fear of man because I'm going to call it out. So <laughs> I'm not have a problem with confrontation in the right sense. So this yeah. was a problem in the church of Ephesus, mm -hmm. right? You had the Jewish Christians and you had the Gentile Christians. Uh-huh. Uh, the problem was uh, the Jewish Christians were kind of like, well, you kind of got to be a little bit more Jewish yeah. before you're Christian. Uh, problem, that's not what the gospel teaches. No. And so they were doing it from the other side, right? They were mm -hmm. doing it from like, you're, you got to um, adapt your culture to fit our Ours. thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, listen to what Paul says. And let this be an encouragement to us. I'm not saying we have it all figured out. We said from the beginning of this podcast, we're not saying we have it all figured out. This nope. is messy. This is uh, a lot of nuance and that we I wish we could get into everything here, but we can't. Right. Uh, a lot of things that we got to work through and that uh, we were able to identify some, you know, some things that are uh, uh, roadblocks within our own culture. Right. Some things that are roadblocks potentially within the culture that we're at in our local context now together. Yeah. Um, and uh, listen to what Paul says. Therefore, remember at, um, and therefore is there because right before this, Paul just lays out the gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, we were dead in our trespasses. What made us alive? Christ, by grace, through faith. So therefore, remember that at one time you were, uh, that you Gentiles in the flesh were called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is um, the Jewish people, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh, in his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in our ordinances, particularly mm -hmm. circumcision. Mm -hmm that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in the body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who were near. The far off ones, the Gentile Christians, mm -hmm. the near ones, the Jewish Christians. For through him we have both access in one spirit to the Father. And here's the key. So then... You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God, new culture, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, 
in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Amen. The culture we're after is the gospel culture. Hey, that's, get that on a shirt. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's identify the things that are good in our culture, celebrate those things, and perhaps, yeah. Lord willing, introduce those things. Uh, uh, as long as they're not contrary to scripture, you know, if, if part of your culture is uh, um, sarcasm, hey, maybe not a good thing to <laughs> <laughs> to bring in. Um, but if a part of your culture is loving people, community, family, those are good things. Those right are fresh. In. Those are ways to adorn the gospel right. of Christ. Yeah. And um, and uh, I think identifying some of the bad things within culture can be a uh, a helpful tool to say like, you know, let's work on this. Let's talk about this. Is this a cultural thing that we're elevating the place of scripture mm-hmm. or is this a scriptural thing that we're not taking seriously enough? And let's yeah. address that together. That's good. Any other thoughts, closing thoughts? I, you know, I, I have a tendency to talk a lot. So That's you just right, say, man. say what you got to say, Mel. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no. Um, again, I think you hit the nail right on the hit. Um, let's, let's work towards creating a more gospel culture, you know, take the things that are good from the culture, celebrate, incorporate it, use it. It'd be wonderful. But then point out the things that are also bad within that culture, but do so in a loving way so that we can all, again, we're all trying to get to the same place, you know, and how that's going to look, you know, what they say, uniformity of, um, belief does not necessarily mean uniformity of expression mm. so yeah we we believe in christ but how that's going to look is going to depend on culture and that's not bad yeah. you ever seen a bouquet of flowers yeah bunch that's of different right. flowers together but man they look beautiful when they're together mm-hmm. so and i think that's that's how we should look at it so and i think that really does start i mean even before you even get into the culture there are things in you you know you're a part of a culture looking you what are those things that are roadblocks for you and then ask the question why why is there such a roadblock for me why can't i fellowship with those guys over there what's my issue and if that issue is not a gospel issue man um i may need to you know rethink some things yeah and i may even start to you know look at the scripture um and align myself up with that and i think that would be very helpful and i think we would see so much growth in the church if we start doing it that way yeah yeah and you know the other thing is like we're sitting in our church right now yep (laughs) and uh, there is um you know this isn't easy and there's probably some things that we're uh you know we like i said before this is a messy thing (laughs) you gotta embrace the mess you gotta embrace the uncomfortable conversations and uh there's been times where i've sat across the table from someone um and said, hey, this, when you said this, uh, this really like hurt my feelings. Yeah. What did you mean by that? Yeah. And just going back to our conflict resolution thing, you know, last season, uh, what they meant was something completely different than what I heard <laughs> and understood. And it's another way, like yeah. uh, culture matters, like those things matter. And we're not yeah. saying ignore those things, but have conversation, yeah, talk. and um, and if we settle on anything, settle on the promises and the truth 
and the assurances of God's word. Amen. We are a chosen nation, a royal priesthood, right? Is it such? Yeah. And uh, we're going to be in heaven together. Yeah. We're going to be in heaven together. There's no need. There's no need to let things linger and fester that don't need to linger and fester um, and so prevent, hinder, potentially, the good news of the gospel. Yeah. I think race, I think culture, I think these things are a barrier to the gospel Yeah, going out. And uh, I think we, praise God, praise God, I love our church and mm-hmm. uh, I love what we uh, believe to be true about the scriptures. Yeah. And I want as many people to hear that as humanly possible. If there's things that are getting in the way of that, I want to try as, um, by God's grace, to uh, tear those things down. And uh, and I think uh, we can't be the only ones in that particular context, in that particular scenario, right? No. <laughs> I think there's you guys out there know um, your context best. So yep. let me just encourage you, if this podcast has been helpful to you, uh, if you have questions, want to engage with us, please do so. Um, you know, Instagram messages, and and uh, we don't have a Facebook, but I'm sure we'll get one at some point. <laughs> but, <laughs> is Facebook even a thing anymore? I think uh, they own you if you have a Facebook. It's so. not Facebook anymore. It's meta, bro. It's meta. Um, we'll get so into peaceful. the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> the meta culture. Meta um, culture. Uh, we would love to engage with you. Um, shoot us a message and uh, we'll hopefully respond. Um, and we, respond. Will, we will definitely respond. <laughs> I should correct myself. We will definitely respond. And uh, if you're able to sponsor us, you can go right on our anchor page. Just You can literally Google in regard to the gospel yeah. anchor and it'll pull it up. And, um, and you can sponsor us there. There'll be a link in our, um, our show notes on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So, hey, um, thank you for listening as always. And uh, um, we look forward to uh, part three. I don't know, man. I'm starting to feel like there might be a part three and a part four. Okay, of yeah. <laughs> a lot of things to think about. Huh? A lot. Yeah. That's good. So, hey, uh, appreciate you guys. And uh, praying that you have a good week. All right. Be blessed. Be blessed. Mm.